Hello. Hello. Welcome. Heaven high. Heaven high and welcome to Rum Doings episode 130. You can email us at podcast at rumdoings.com and you might feel a little maladroit about knowing what to email us. Don't worry. We accept any email or any topic, even if you want to send us spam, we're very happy to receive it. So that's podcast at rumdoings.com. You can also tweet us at rumdoings. And we're very happy to be tweeted spam as well, telling us exactly how we can extend or engorge any part of our bodies. Ideally, I'd like a link that takes me to a malicious website and fills my computer with viri. Very, very exciting if that were ever to happen. But I think that's just an urban legend, isn't it? There are no such thing as malicious. No, you're correct. We're, we live in a perfect universe. Um, there hasn't been a fall, has there? Nick I, w- Nick, I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you what the topic is first. Okay, tell me what the topic is. Whatever did happen to the dinosaurs? <laughs> okay. Mm. What's your My secret? S- I'm only wearing a dressing gown. Now you're going to cause all the listeners who are conveniently over 16 to become overly aroused. Too much arousal. Anybody under 16 will, of course, not react in any inappropriate way at all. It's true, because I am revolting to under 16-year-olds. Yes, only to under 16-year-olds. Anybody? Oh, under once you're 16. 16. Once you're 16, I am an Adonis. Yes. You suddenly transform. It's it's a little daunting walking down the street. Yes, you you, you kind of find yourself like a a big black hole uh, and everybody swarms towards your event horizon. I watch those those Lynx adverts and I go, huh? (laughs) Whatever. Adverts. I remember adverts. Do you remember? I remember adverts. Although, of course, you're part of the advertising business now, so you can't afford to be cocky. You love adverts. Your business relies on businesses relying on adverts. No. So some, there. Not, not, not at all, because many of my businesses that I support sell um, insurance policies, sell dildos and sell sweeties. Well, Whereas I, you only sell adverts. We, so. pay you <coughs> approx- we, appro- we pay you approximately £450 million a year. Yeah, right. And that all comes from adverts, so... Well, exactly. You but but fall oh, apart without us. Sorry, sorry, but what exactly are we arguing about here? I said you don't, you don't deserve to be cocky about adverts because you love adverts. I wasn't being cocky about adverts. Was, you were. You, you're suddenly making the point. I said, you know, you you you'd be better be thankful for adverts because they support your business. And you go, oh, you say that, but we have to be thankful for adverts because they support our business. Do you see no, I was saying that you metrics? have to you're be thankful so because our it. business supports your business. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you'd be nothing without us. Nothing. It, it, it's true. It's true. You supported us from day one. Exactly. Yeah, which Back me. when we paid you £120 a year to host Rock Paper Shotgun. I remember, that which reminds me, I need to send you my new grandiose plans for, for um, gold-plated servers with diamond on-off switches. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite amusing just how kind of um, a bargain basement we're trying to go in your respect because our lovely the lovely guy who's designing it who you know is worried that uh, <laughs> he needs to keep you online at all costs. Well, I say it doesn't matter, there are plenty of other blogs. Like There's a wonderful... Um, polygon blog which you can read instead that's true mm. you're apparently talking about right you're the you're the world's most hated man the, that's right it's somewhat escalated since last week yeah. but yes that's correct well what i find amusing about that i mean this is just an intro don't forget no 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 don't let's conflate polygon did not say that i was a hated man at all yeah but they basically did um I'm, <laughs> they I'm, didn't. I'm, that I'm was ben parfit all... of mcv magazine i'm conflating all games journalists into okay, one postulant mass so the games journalists say that you're the most hated well, games journalist in the industry. And what I find interesting about that comment um, is that it's just slightly too um, overblown to work rhetorically. He should have said, that's why so many people are sniffy about him behind his back. Or, you know, something like that. Just a little bit more. But to say he's the most hated man since Pol Pot or whatever is just that, that's rhetorically too strong for a chap who who puts words on a page about TV games. You see what I mean? So we need to teach him better and more effective rhetoric. Can we do that? I'm one of the top... Well, he did say, in fairness, his, uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Parfit, the delightful fellow, his mm. words were, um, he's one of the most hated guys in the games industry. So mm. it was quite specific. It wasn't like, you know, in the world. But even that is not... That, even that's too much. You should say that's why... Um, 
be, people tend to be a bit sniffy and you know what I mean you you need to if he really wanted to get you he should have done something slightly plausible there like oh yeah he could have said he could have said an actually horrid thing about me rather than the thing that made me feel slightly proud <laughs> yes which is I've, I've suggested I've said, a bit stupid I don't know I doubt it I've said before that if those sorts of people don't hate you then you have to hate yourself I was uh, I was having my dinner. philosophy I was having dinner with my brother last night before we went to see your favorite comedian oh yeah how was Louis C.K. Um, Louis C.K., or uh, I find that's not his name, he's got a complicated Czech-sounding name, and he just says C.K. because he's embarrassed about it. But mm-hmm. um, he was fine. However, we had two people sitting behind us who were laughing like hyenas in a very uh. unpleasant way, but also they kind of mistimed their laugh. Uh. So that it happened about one and a half seconds after it was supposed to happen. And that's a bit like, you know, when people are clapping along and it's just slightly oh, out yes. of time. And... It was also one of there were two male friends and they were trying to kind of impress each other with how funny they were finding it. Mm. So it was a kind of real barking out. It would literally sound something like, Aah! it sounded like a car had stalled on a hill and was <laughs> trying to start again and the starter motor was about to break. Uh, and that's exactly what it sounded like. And my brother was getting very angry and, you know, started yeah. punching his hand. And eventually he got up and just stood at, behind, at the back of the auditorium instead of oh, sitting right. in his seat in order to be away from them. Gosh, is this Gregory? Yes, but... He's even more impatient than you. Much more impatient than I am. But, wow. you see, I was, okay, I was okay, because I was about to become consciously annoyed by those two people. But then I began to enjoy Gregory's discomfort and annoyance. <laughs> so instead of being annoyed by them, I was enjoying the reaction to them. So I was lucky, so I got to enjoy That's good. And CK's not bad, is he? He's not bad. I mean, he, it's interesting, as... Um, Gregory said before we went to see, you know, be careful. He's not a comedy deconstructor. No, like, no, not like, at all. Like he's not. He, he's not a Stuart Lee. No, you know, he just goes out and gives observations and good and has gags and is a bit naughty and just does that shtick well and that's it. But he talks. He talks quite frankly about his life too. Like his, you know, I think I imagine. Well, I believe you would have heard about his loose and his loose bottom. I think. Yes, he, he talks about his loose bottom and his fault. But also, he clearly there was no concession to the British audience at all. Um, and one of the jokes at the end was very American focused about what what's the biggest taboo in America, and he uh, and for that joke to have worked, it would have also had to have been the biggest taboo here, which it isn't. So okay, well, that was interesting. Um, yeah, well, there you are. But uh, no, it was perfectly competent, well done stuff, and I, I didn't laugh um, at all really in that. But I don't tend to do that. But what I did is I found myself enjoying it in the sense that i it was almost like i was enjoying a kind of comedy lecture i thought i would enjoy lying in bed listening to this and feeling comforted by by do you, do you see what i mean in a, in a weird way it's i of, think in, in good non-deconstruction the stand-up it's a cathartic experience mm-hmm. even more than it's a humorous experience yes and i found and that's why i found the the, the ridiculous braying of laughter to be a bit annoying because it was yeah. almost you know it was a little bit smiling foredy actually and what was interesting about it was that um, he'd say things like, you know, I try to be, I try to be a good father, he'd say, mm-hmm. at which point the audience started non-ironically applauding him for being a good father. In England? Yeah, and that upset me and <gasps> me. And I didn't, no. I wasn't, I was, I was, and, he, and he got a bit annoyed by that as well, and I became cross. So there you are. Good. Yeah. That's bizarre. That's a very American thing to clap banality. Like, we, I've been married for three and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of thing. And then they said something like, uh, he said, and um, he said, and of course, I, n- I now live in New York. And then some people who'd been to New York whooped. Oh, dear. I, I, I did like, he had a little anecdote where he talked, he gave a whole shit about how he'd moved into a fancy new apartment block and then he saw this guy who'd been uh, very rude to him because, you know, he was dressed like a schlump and, of course, the guy didn't be- obviously didn't believe he was there. He was a, a resident oh, yeah. and asked him where he was and then and then he went, had to go, then the, then the guy went to the doorman and he said how much he enjoyed the fact that the doorman told him that he did actually live there and he had smart comebacks and then in the end he said, and of course, none, none of that really happened. I just decided it would be a better joke if it did. In fact, what <laughs> happened is the guy was said, said hello to me and welcomed me to the block and was very nice. So there was a little bit of comedy deconstruction, oh, which good. I like, but that's as far as it went. That's good. No, that's not what you want mm. from every stand-up. You just want a good funny man saying funny things sometimes. Mm, yes. It was at the um, Apollo Hammersmith, and Hammersmith is about as far away from anywhere you want to be as the moon. So that was that was annoying as well, but otherwise enjoyable. We had a nice... And I steak for at a steakhouse grass fed. So it was a good evening. But he told me while we were having dinner. Yeah. He said, you need to realize how little 
your little intra games journalist squabbles actually matter for real people? Oh, he told me I need to know this. Yeah, he just wants to. Why warn on you. earth would I have any delusions about that at all? He says he knows. He knows. He you know. He works in a serious environment with lawyers and so on. He says he, yeah. knows, he knows nobody who, uh, and he also works at Taekwondo. He has got a range of people. Uh-huh. He says nobody he knows really plays computer video games. You've massively skewed and you have selection bias and actually your little world is hardly as important as you think it is. Just just what, to warn you. What a strange you... thing to have said. Like As if I think anyone could care less about the silly squabbles amongst my industry. No, but it's like, you know, it's, he, think of him as, as, as the gentleman who whispers in Caesar's ear, you are mortal. You need to realise that in the end, it doesn't matter. Yes, but he's whispering in a There's a difference sh- between knowing and consciously realising it all the days of your life. <laughs> I'm extremely aware of the triviality of my position. I write about toys. I'm not, I'm not delusional about this. However, he unfortunately is deluding himself when he thinks that people aren't playing video games. Unfortunately, most adults are now, so he's deluding himself there. I don't know that's there. true. That most of them don't care clear. about rock, paper, shotgun, certainly, because otherwise our audience figures would be astonishing. Hold on, but, no, I uh, disagree with you. I think fewer people play video games than your selection bias would suggest. What do you mean? So how is it selection bias to base understanding of, you know, surveys of how many people have an Xbox or a PS3 in their house? Have an Xbox, have a PS3 is different to our regular video games. Yes, of course, I'm not saying regular. I didn't say regular. Regular, I said for example. Yes, yeah, a good games. example. My brother has a PS3. He has it because it was a cheap way at the time of getting a Blu-ray sure. player. But sure. he'd be considered a gamer now in your survey. He might no, even have think... some games which were given to him. He never played them. That's fine. He doesn't have to be. This it's a very it's a very odd thing to this this sense of thinking. Oh my goodness, that person over there saying that thing thinks so much of themselves. I need to push them down. It's very odd behaviour. I don't have any delusions at all about this. Hmm. Within my little clique, um, these things matter certainly. But I imagine some brouhaha amongst the lawyer firms wouldn't affect me, but would be quite significant to him. I think they would affect you more than you'd imagine. Really? It's the law. Well, look at these new press laws we've got. Which that would be seem... judges, not lawyers. Oh, uh, what's interesting? I wonder: is rock, paper, shotgun going to be included under the new awful Levison press laws, which effectively says, unless you sign up to our club, we'll kill you the first time you're nasty about somebody, and if you do sign up to our club, you're going to be under state regulation. It's quite interesting where because the, the the terminology that describes news outlets on, so on by the is so ambiguous. It's it worse than the Dangerous Dogs Act. It's it's it, you know it's embarrassing to be in a country where that sort of legislation can be written. Yes. So but I've got a game for you. Really, SimCity Five. Yes, I'm going to read out the na- the read out the headlines mm-hmm. from today's newspapers, mm-hmm. and you have to guess which newspaper they're from. Okay, on then. Have you seen any to already? Oh, no, I've already told you the Suns ones. So that should give yeah. you a, a head start. But have you seen any others today? No, not today. Okay. So I'm going to start with the easiest one of all. Mm-hmm. 36 hours of snow chaos on the way. Express. Of course. That was an easy one to, to set you off. Yes. Um, Paywall UK, tough new regime on visas. That's a harder one there. Oh, that's... Uh, it could, that, that, that could be the times. Is that your guess? It could be the Times. I think it might be the Times. It's sort of slightly banal, but also just slightly crassly written. See, I think the reason that you shouldn't guess the Times on that one is because it's there's n- there's no hint of sensation on it. Mm, Tough the- new regime on visas. It's it's it could go either way. It could be supportive or it could be. No, but I agree. The the Times is actually quite boring. I suppose it could be the Telegraph, but it's uh, it's, doesn't... it's of course the Independent. I think you should. Have I was going that. to. I was actually going to say. I said it's either the Times. Or the... <laughs> I, 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 know, I was about to say. You know, what yeah. I said the Times is dull. I was going to say it's either the Times or the Independent because they both are kind of quite dull. Uh, you paper. said the Telegraph. This is like doing crosswords with Laura, where I'll put the answer and she goes, "Oh, I did think of that." <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, that policy. Nick Clegg is, says that all foreigners, when they visit, must give the government lots of money to make sure that they leave. Like they have to pay bail when they arrive, uh, which I'll be really funny when they leave. That's your your liberal, your, your, your liberal leader who's basically saying all foreigners are suspicious and need to give the government lots of money, which they'll only give back if they leave this country and make us pure again. Oli- so I already told you this one, but it's my favourite of the day: Olympic spirit killed by recession. Mm. That's the sun, yeah. It's the sun. Exclusive ceremony guru Danny Boyle's bombshell. What, uh, what, uh, what happened when the bombshell dropped? Did it, did it detonate? Uh, it seems that 
uh, Danny Boyle has said that the Olympic spirit that I assume I can't I've only got a tiny image of the front page I'm assuming he's saying that this recession has just killed off any of the remaining positivity that occurred last summer I see okay well I'm glad to hear that he's an economist um, anyway. okay Britain on the Britain on brink of running out of gas that this is the other very hard one I'd say it could be the Daily Mail, but the Daily Mail isn't usually interested in things like that. If running out of gas would cause foreigners or cancer, then maybe. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be... It could even be The Guardian to a degree. It could be The Guardian. It is, in fact, The Times. Yeah, well, are we running out of gas? I thought we had lots of gas. It's the the story is, I believe, from yesterday, is that the they've cut the forecast of how much leftover gas we're going to have mm. in the next few years so we're going to be down from 14% to 4% and that's not including that big company shutting down its stuff because it says the government's bills are too high we are in a lot of power trouble here we're closing down lots of coal power stations thanks mm. to earlier green promises and Greenpeace are very happy about that we're also not green lighting any new nuclear power stations. Except so that's not one. true. There's one. There's one. There's one that have, was already green lighted, but none other are happening. We're having yeah. no replacement. We are going to have lots of brownouts and blackouts, and power is going to become a lot more expensive because governments have been too cowardly to deal with this problem in the last 20 years, and we're about to hit the fan, which. Fortunately, because we won't have any electricity, the blades won't be turning, so we'll just bounce off gently. I'm going to tell you, the Guardian's headline is Experts Warn of 9 Billion Tax Rises, which is just a boring nothing headline. 9 Um, billion pounds over 60 million people. Here's one I think you can guess. Here's one I think you can guess. Stay-at-home mum, mother, malls, Clegg. (laughs) I I wish that were literally true. Can you imagine if she literally um, bit his neck and took chunks out of it? When he was <laughs> Great. Uh, By the the, uh, the uh, subline is um, one woman speaks up for mums who stop work to raise a family and tells deputy PM ministers think we're worthless. Daily Mail, obviously the Daily Mail. Very mm. good. Um, okay, now this is a tough. This is a tough double setter here. You've got to pick between one of them. There's two papers and two headlines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cory Ken in death threat hell. Yeah. And Cory Kev, the trial. Oh, Cory Ken in death threat hell. Is that the star? It is the star. Very good. A death threat trial. Is that the mirror? Uh, yes. Excellent. Well, Spot on. What's the people saying? Do they still exist? <laughs> I don't think the people, I think the people is only on a Sunday now or something. Oh, right. Probably always was. Okay, and here's another very, very guessable one. Mm-hmm. Minister's War on Countryside. Ah, yes. That'll be the Telegraph. Absolutely. Well done. There you go. You win <laughs> all the prizes. Uh, the Scotsman is obviously Scotland's date with destiny. There's no, there's no point in even doing that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's been the headline for the last 50 years, I think. <laughs> but they've actually got a date now. 18th of September next year. Yeah, isn't that good? Are you looking forward to it? Your friend is looking forward to yes, it. Yes, of course, Stu's looking forward to it. What do you think is going to happen, though? I think that uh, they will vote to remain in the union. Do you? Yes. That's interesting. Funnily enough, if England were allowed to vote as well, they would be removed from the union, but Scotland will vote to remain in the union. Why do you think so? Um, every survey has suggested that they will, and as they get closer to the vote, they become more conservative, not less. So I find it very difficult to believe that they would. Also, the um, BNP, sorry, the SNP, haven't been particularly, <laughs> haven't been particularly um, clear about what would happen afterwards. They've kind of improvised a lot. There's been things like saying, oh, initially, of course, their policy was to have the euro. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. So now they've decided they're going to be using pound sterling. Well, hold on, that's not your decision. You know, you can't... So, uh, And then they originally said they would be a republic, then they realised people didn't lie. They said, actually, we're going to keep the Queen as our head of state. But hold on, that's not your decision either. Um, oh, we're going to be remaining in the EU. Well, hold on, that's the EU's decision. That's not your decision. So a lot of these things that they've been saying, it's almost like they will remain in some kind of federated union 
but without any of the political rights to vote or influence that union. You know, they'll be using the pound, but won't have any say in Westminster about uh, how about monetary policy. So it's a bit ridiculous. It's like those people say we need to leave the EU but remain in the uh, European Economic Area, which means that effectively we'd have to follow all EU regulations, but we wouldn't have any votes uh, uh, in the EU Parliament. What exact benefit does that give us? So I think it's the same sort of thing is happening here. Effectively, they will have to remain a de facto United Kingdom, but without any actual political rights. And I think that's stupid. I see. If you're, if you're using pounds sterling, you've got the Queen, and you're still remaining part of all the treaties necessary to be a part of the greater world, then in what sense are you independent? Well, I think the, the primary sense you're independent is you'd never have another Conservative government ever again. Uh, freed from the, 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 the English oppression of, uh, of a Conservative government. Well, you'll eventually just have a Scottish Conservative government because the Scots are innately quite conservative and until about the, until the, I think it was the 70s, they always voted Conservative. And they'll do See, it that's, again. that's what I think too, but the, that seems to be a central argument is that it would be a way of eradicating well, this. Well, it's a terrible argument. The Scottish government is controlled by English vote and the Scots are, you know, they don't have any Tories. They, 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 Scots would be, you know, completely independent of Conservatives and that does sound rather lovely. I would like to be completely independent. This is the best way, this is the best way for them to reinvigorate and re-establish their natural Conservative hegemony there. So well done, Scotland. You're, if you do become independent, you're going to notice how quickly the conservative aspects of your society gain political foothold. I would think so. I would think the same, yes. I would think that, yeah, just the the, na- the nature of having it silenced would make it want to shout louder. Mm. Okay, which newspaper is this? Trade unions unite to save workers' rights. Hang on, did you cheat to get those the star in the mirror then, if you've looked up your front no. pages? No, I did not. I, I, no. I, 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 it's just this one. Trade unions unite to save workers' rights. Well, I'm going to guess that that's the um, the oh my goodness, my brain's just blanked on what it's called the 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 socialist worker that one. No, the Morning Star socialist worker oh, yeah. is having a bit of problems at the moment because they keep raping ladies. Do they? Yes, there's a bit a big rape scandal and then several important uh, male leaders of the Socialist Workers Party raped people and then forced the party to hide the allegations and bully the women and so on. So there we go. So just work out about your rapists. There you go. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not rapists. It's rapists because it's not with a touch of humour. Um, and so it's the Morning Star, which is yes, yes, of course. So there we are. Uh, when are you off to America? Uh, Sunday. You're going to San Francisco, I assume. Yes, I'm travelling from these freezing torrential rain conditions to 24 degrees and, sa- and sunshine. That's nice. I'm tired of this weather now. It's time to get rid of it. I, I love the winter. I love the bleak, cold, dark evenings. It's my favourite time of the year, but for it only because it lasts for a short while. I'm done with it now. Yes. I've had enough now. I'm ready for, I'm ready for some spring. We've had it since last summer. We've had it since actually two and a half years. I worked out two and a half years ago is the last time we stopped having this. Apart from the brief interlude of snow over, over January, uh, the last time we had anything that wasn't grey, brown drizzle was um, two and a half years ago. Didn't yeah. have a summer this year or last no. year. No, that's true. Do you think? Well, I hope we'll have a. Well, you mean last year or the year before? Yes. I, I hope we have a, do have a summer this year because, but it doesn't. I don't think we will. I think apparently it's going to be another washout. Actually, that's not. I'm, I'm, I, there's an accuracy in my statement because this time last year was incredibly sunny, and I. Or this time last week, last year was, and I yeah. missed it because I was in San Francisco then, and we had quite dull grey weather over in San Francisco, and there was a peculiar week long heat wave in the UK. So well, there was that five bl- days. Yes, five yes. days. But there hasn't been a summer for a couple of, for a few years now. Imagine living in a country without a summer. I know it's it's demoralising, isn't it? However, I, my favourite weather is about twenty degrees and sunny. That's perfect for me. Any hotter, and I start to get grumbly. Yeah. So, you know, Britain when it does summer in its mediocre way is actually ideal for me. Mm. But unfortunately, we've just had autumn for two and a half years now. Yeah, we have, which is which is annoying. So, you, when you go to America and mm-hmm. you're in the press room and you see all those people who hate you, what are you going to do? You're going to I'm gonna crumple smooch. into your laptop. I'm going to grab them by either side of their ears and I smooch them. I hope you do. <clears throat> you should do that. I should. a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, why don't you give this? Who's, who's the man who says you're the most hated man in the world? Oh, <laughs> sadly he didn't say that, but uh, his name pedo. is... 
Isn't it? <laughs> yes, he said I was a, 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 a paedophile rapist. Yes. Uh, ben Parfit, I believe is his name. I've never met him. I don't think I know what he looks like. But he's the word the, Parfit is unpleasant. He's the editor of uh, MCV, which is a, a, a nasty, tawdry industry rag that's all pro-industry, but then trying to pretend it's got a consumer face with its website. Mm. And it's stuck in this... That that because that, it was when it was an industry rag and it was just sent out to the shops and the and the developers. It was fine that they were just writing any old rubbish. Yeah. But now they've got this website. They've kind of deluded themselves into thinking that they can they can act like a public facing magazine, but still excuse everything they write by being industry, which they may not. Which indeed they may not. And it's kind of you know it came to a rather grisly head with the whole Lauren Wainwright affair. Yes, quite. Can I make since 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 uh, my uh, nutritional recommendations were so well received last week. Can I make uh-huh. another two very simple ones? Please do. Um, especially if you're in a place like this which has almost no sun, I would recommend that you take a vitamin D supplement every day. Get about. See two... now, are you sure about this? Because these vitamin supplement things always end up being proven to be more yes. harmful than good. I'm, I'm talking about ones where there is actually evidence for them to be good rather than harmful. So don't take vitamin E. Don't take vitamin A. Certainly don't take iron. Vitamin D... Don't take a- iron, you're saying? Absolutely not. That's you- the big in thing at the moment, to take iron. Absolutely not. Unless you are anemic, do not take iron. It's positively dangerous. Vitamin D, on the other hand, is showing itself up to be far more than just preventing rickets, and it can help you with your mental health, it can help you with your cardiovascular health, and all sorts of other things. So... I would recommend about 2,500 UI of vitamin D a day. Um, and I would also recommend magnesium, which works with vitamin D to make sure that any calcium you get in gets put in your bones, not in the arteries, uh, which is a good place for them not to be. <laughs> I agree. Um, the good thing about both of those supplements is you can get a year's worth of vitamin D for about £12. Um, so you can get about 360 capsules for about 12 quid. It's really cheap. Magnesium, similarly. And those two things are very good for helping to prevent heart disease and various other but issues. But do you have to go into a Holland and Barrett to buy it? No. I, I get stuff online and get oh, them okay. delivered. I don't like Holland and Barrett. It smells funny. And actually, the Holland and Barrett supplements aren't very good. They tend to be a bit nasty. So, no. Yeah, if you get vitamin D, make sure it's D3, not D2. It's a slightly different molecule. D3 is the molecule that your body produces in the sunshine. D2 is a kind of synthesized version, which doesn't work as well. Similarly, if you get magnesium, you try and get chelated magnesium or magnesium citrate. Don't get magnesium oxide, because you basically just poo out magnesium oxide and you'll be wasting your money. What about if you get strips of magnesium and then set them on fire to make a big bright white light? On your tongue. Well, as as soon as you put it on your tongue, that's exactly what will happen. So, yeah, do that. <laughs> do that exact thing. That was the best part of chemistry, was making stuff go really glowy. Political correctness gone mad, they don't do that anymore. They must do, they must no. still drop... No more ce- uh, Not cesium. cesium, cesium in water would be a little silly. They must still put sodium and lithium in water, no. surely. No. Surely! The funniest thing that ever happened was we had one of those, I can't remember what those chambers were called, which has kind of radioactive dust in it and you could see a kind of trace go through the radioactive dust in this kind of um, uh, glass cylinder. Oh, good. <laughs> and, uh, and the teacher, of course, dropped the glass cylinder yeah, on the floor and it smashed and there's radioactive dust all over the classroom. So there we are. That's the source of your superpowers. <laughs> yes, that's, that's why I can see through dresses. <laughs> what a great power. Mm. I'd, love, uh, I'd love to see someone with artistic talents draw a comic strip. Um, based on what would have actually happened to all the heroes and how they gained their powers. Yes. Or, or... So Bruce Banner being trapped in the middle of that ridiculous uh, gamma ray technology. Yes, he would have, or, or the skin would have been flayed off and then yes, died, right. or spied... died painfully of what looked like terrible sunburn and then vomiting over the next week. <laughs> That's right. Or Peter Parker being bitten by a radioactive spider. But you can actually, there are actually incidents of this happened because they had... Um, there were experiments where they had bits, bits of plutonium and then they, by mistake, they dropped the one bit onto the other and it became supercritical for a second. And, uh, and basically, just because you know, they were holding them apart with, with spanners or something, they dropped it and nothing appeared to happen. It just got a bit warm. But they knew at that second that they were going to die in the next week. That's you know, awful. There are, there are a number of stories about that across the web if you look at them from the early days of nuclear research. So there we are. 
That's horrible. That's a horrible story. But it was quite funny. He says, oh, my head's gone a bit warm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be painfully dying over this week. Whoops. Oh, no. Or what about Carol Danvers being in the middle of an explosion from Marvel of another planet? That would that would have done. That wouldn't have really given her the powers to become Miss Marvel. Who was bitten by the radio? Was Spider Man bitten by the radioactive spider? That's correct. I imagine he would just been a bit itchy. <laughs> Depends. It could have been a poisonous spider, and then the that could have gone into his bloodstream, and he could have had died of anaphylactic shock or something. He could have, but more likely he would have been a bit annoyed for a day or two. Who else? Iron Man having to replace his heart with a glowing nuclear fusion thing. Well, I mean, it depends. It, it, That's it, a slightly different case. Was it as was it as effective as a Jorvik artificial heart? I will tell you. You know, talking about glowing nuclear things. Did you know that some old pacemakers used plutonium as no. a power source? And obviously, not as nuclear, but because plutonium produces a small amount of heat, like the uh, like. The, the, like the Mars rover and the Viking um, uh, uh, Viking explorers do, they it produces a very small amount of heat as it pre- goes through radioactive decay, and it happens over a very long period of time, and that heat is then used to generate electricity and so on. Similarly, they said, well, what are we going to do? We could put batteries inside a pacemaker, but the problem with that is, you know, you have to keep operating on people to take out the battery and replace it as it goes flat. So they decided that in order for the... Uh, for the power source to last as long as somebody's life and longer, they put a small amount of plutonium inside the pacemaker to that's give off heat. And, so, and, and that's why people who die with pacemakers, especially older people, they have to go through very special procedures because effectively they have radioactive contaminants inside and they need to be dealt with very carefully. <laughs> so they Amazing. Are. Yeah, so they were so they say, you see, that would have worked. You just got one of those old, they don't use that anymore, they use lithium ion batteries or something now. Did we talk about, um, before, did we talk about Laura's friend who replaces hearts with artificial hearts in uh, children? Oh, yeah. We, he's got a weird fetish. He kidnaps she, no, no, children. No. He kidnaps, she kidnaps yeah, children yeah, right. and, and yeah. just takes out their hearts. Takes out the hearts. And puts Lego, heart, Lego hearts in instead. Clockwork hearts sometimes. Yeah. That's took, Laura's friend. Laura's took, friend Brian. Took Wizard of Oz slightly too literally. Yeah. No, this is actually a proper uh, a, a pediatric heart surgeon. She she uh, genuinely puts pretend hearts in people. I didn't even that was a thing. They've done just over a thousand of them now. Yeah, but the Yorvik artificial heart was from the fifties or sixties. The problem with them was that they were very. I don't know whether the new ones actually regulate the heartbeat because, of course, they would just beat at a certain level. So if you needed to walk up a hill, well, oh, uh, interesting. You know, you think about how your heart rate fluctuates over the day to cope with the body's demands. Or, you know, when you become slightly embarrassed, you're not allowed to become embarrassed anymore if you've got an artificial heart that because <laughs> you're, you're faint. <laughs> and, you know, God forbid you should sit up from a chair after being sat down for a very long period of time. So there we are. It's true. Mm. Do you think you're having, your parents murdering, being murdered in front of you would cause you to become uh, somehow impervious to damage um, vigilante killer? Mm, not sure about that. What do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, that's Batman. Obviously, the Punisher is kind of similar. I think it's his wife and daughter were killed in front of him. Uh, but were they actually killed or just tickled? They were, they were actually killed. It's a sad... My wife and daughter were tickled in front of me. <laughs> I'm a tickle. Do, should we, talk, we should talk about how Judith turned into a, a guinea pig. Oh, yeah, do tell me about that. Yes, you, 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 I mean, you did tell me about that, but I'm curious to hear... Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, yeah. I just, this morning I woke up from a dream um, that was so vivid that it's still kind of stuck with me like a memory from yesterday in a very frustrating way. Yes. I keep thinking, I must, I must remember to tell people about that ridiculous house I went to where the stairs were missing and you had to go through the doors by going through a flap above the doorway. Yes. And then inside it was a massive, beautiful apartment with incredible views over Chicago with a, a hot tub and everything. But you still had to go in through a flap over the door in this awful stairwell. Hmm. Um, anyway, but no, that's not actually a thing. So uh, I was looking after Judith at my dad's, and an, an enormously complicated and huge as you often do. I mean, you're always looking after Judith. Dad's dental said, "Well, of course, you're always having me mm. babysit uh, from yeah. 150 miles away." Yes. Um, so, uh, so I was took into the waiting room, and it was just packed with people. Absolutely, just ridiculous. And I went deep into the waiting room, and of course, it was people spaced out on the seats, not taking up three seats each and stuff. And I was really quite annoyed by this. Of course. 
So I decided to organise things. I said, people, can we just start, you know, can everyone just start moving around? Because then there'll be plenty of space for everyone to sit down. At which point, of course, Judith toddled off down the stairs. Yeah, as she does. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go catch and, and But I'd figured out that she might do it. I was kind of prepared for it. So I wasn't panicking that I was going to lose her in the huge crowds in this extraordinary popular dental surgery. Mm. Um, so I went down to catch her and then t- found her, took her to uh, my dad's surgery, at which point she was a guinea pig. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. size, size and colouring of Dexter the cat. Oh, right. Fair enough. Um, and I was just kind of having to hold her. Because obviously guinea pigs don't really, you know, don't like being held and petted no. and stuff. So I was having to hold her quite firmly as a guinea pig to the surface, stop her from running away. And then fortunately I found that old wicker hutch that I'd apparently made in school that my dad had kept in his surgery. So I popped her in there for the night. Oh, and was she all right in there? She was fine, but I did forget to feed her. Oh, right. What, what would you have fed her? Um, just guinea pig food. Oh, right. Yeah, she was a guinea pig now. That is a recurring. Last night I was dreaming, I, we had a bunch of cats and I forgot to feed them for days. All these poor kittens we had and I'd not fed them for three days. It's an odd recurring dream that I forget to feed animals. It actually happened. My, my brother and his wife went to Northern Ireland to visit her mum and dad last weekend. And they asked uh, her brother, who lives in the flat downstairs, to feed the cats. But they forgot to give him an updated key, so he couldn't get in. Oh, no. So, so the cats were not fed for almost a day and a half. Good heavens, they must have been um, to skeletons. Well, one's a very fat little cat, and the other one's a very <laughs> old cat. So, yes, I think they must have just eaten one another. <laughs> All been absolutely fine. Yes, they were just grumpy. Um, Do they have access to the outside world like proper cats? Um, I'm not sure whether the flap was open or not. Right. There is a flap, but there's an ambiguity about its operation, which I'm not sure of. Uh, you know, Richard Littlejohn wrote an article uh, sometime last year sort of belittling a teacher who, like in South Park, went away and then the week- after the weekend or after the holiday came back as a lady. I hadn't heard this story, no. So, uh, and as a primary school teacher who... I can't remember the name, but it was, you know, he was called Roger Smith and then he came back as... as Rogetta. Pe- as Penelope, no, something really like Pele- Penelope Meadows or something. And Little John wrote... <laughs> That's the beautiful. You, no, it was something like that. I think <laughs> L- Lulu Meadows or something ridiculous. And Little John said, why didn't she keep her surname? Why did you need to change her surname? You know, just ridiculous things. And How, and, and How dare she? How dare she? Dare she? But also the children would have been absolutely upset and shocked and they, they needed to have their innocence protected, etc. Oh, yes, et The usual stuff. But I imagine most of them now are, are psychopathics. Yeah, exactly. And probably but, some of them have become homosexual. Yeah, well, that's worse, or even put on frocks. But the... So anyway, this, this uh, transsexual uh, was a man, now as a woman. Uh, this was published, I think, last September or something. And then this March, this person has killed herself oh gosh and twitter has gone absolutely crazy saying that little john killed her and needs mm. to be all called out for um uh, you know for uh, manslaughter and so on um, um and i imagine this... little john cultivated a, a culture it helped you know contributed to a culture of bullying yeah i i, I get very uh, i mean twitter it's a usual uh twitter illiberal liberality you know these are the same yes. people who, the moment you, you said something like, oh, right, and so video games cause Columbine, really? Are you happy to admit that as well, then? Because it's the same sort of logic. Absolutely, uh, yes. You know, uh, or oh, horror, horror films cause people to go and chainsaw people, do they? Right, okay, you're, you're, you're quite happy to go down that line, are you? Or just when it happens to fit your particular biases? So I get very cross when people allow their own particular biases to take them down very illiberal stupid tracks now i would say that richard little john was being unpleasant and nasty yes of course that's his job um and most people when they are belittled by richard little john are either slightly proud of it or just feel a little bit annoyed for a few days or indeed might get into a slight depression but no worse the fact that somebody killed themselves means and i don't think it's that controversial to say means that there were probably other issues i would i would imagine there was probably someone who just in that in that situation in the first place where they they felt for all their life that they're the wrong sex that's got to be a starting point well exactly it, it, of it issues. that's already an indication that you know things were clearly not equanimous and there's a good, you know, and that person, it, I can imagine if, if people in that situation face the most horrendous bullying, the abuse that transsexuals receive mm. is, is, is horrendous. I've, I've, I've learned in, in recent years, people have I've, I've found out a lot about just how abysmal it is. So someone in that situation could have 
just so many factors. I don't imagine that that vile little snot writing uh, some bullying piece about her can have helped, can have contributed anything positive. I can only imagine yeah. it would have made the situation far worse, far more gruelling as a result. But no, obviously he didn't cause her to commit suicide. Otherwise, everyone he writes his vile little rants about would be dead. Yes, exactly. And if that worked generally, then anybody who wrote rants about Richard Littlejohn would have killed him by now. So, you know... Well, let's, been... let's, not, let's not rule that out as a, as a possibility. <laughs> yeah, or, or he may become, um, I don't know, Richard, Richard uh, Big Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Richard the Big Janet. Richard, Richard the Big Janet. Yeah, <laughs> I see because the little I get it now. Yes, Richard the Big Janet. Richard the famous feminine name for Richard. <laughs> yeah, he's going to become Richard the Big Janet. Richard the I mean, Big Janet. Oh, uh, that would be lovely. I mean, indeed. we should talk. We're very nasty about transsexuals. You in particular. You know how many times you've been castigated for being a Nazi. But there you go. I have. I, I once. We once talked about how I saw a really bad transvestite, like someone who was, yeah. it looked like the League of Gentlemen were trying to do a horrible, you know, a nasty, cruel pastiche of a, of trans, of a transvestite. That's what yeah. I saw on, on the train. Yeah. And we, we, we got in a lot of trouble for, and, and, and I think we got in trouble deservedly because as I've said, the, the, the horrendous bullying, well, what are we doing but adding to that culture? So. No, what was, uh, what was interesting is that, um, um, uh, David Mitchell, the comedian uh, in his, recent little book talked about uh, transsexuals and one's uh, reaction to them particularly you know he said especially when they are you know quite big masculine looking people who've had to go through it mm-hmm. and he says you know we've been primed for so long to be to find humorous or discomfort in you know cross-gender yes absolutely uh, so, you know from, from pant- pantomime songs, pantomime yes. danes or, you know we are told pantomime danes are funny Mm-hmm. And we've been primed to do that. And grotesque. Don't forget, and grotesque. They're oh, yeah. funny and They're grotesque. Funny and grotesque. And then suddenly, we see someone who sometimes doesn't look too different from a pantomime dame, mm-hmm. and we have to then switch our context and say, "No, that's neither funny nor grotesque." And he said, "It's as if somebody um, spent their whole life suddenly and suddenly feeling that they needed constantly and seriously and with proper intent to spend their whole lives." Slipping on banana skins. <laughs> yes, uh, and, and we had, uh, and then you have to change. Well, actually, no, that's serious and important, and it's a part of their being. That 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 one's not funny, even though it looks just like the Buster Keaton thing. Um, so I think it's a bit too. Some of our listeners were a little bit too po-faced because there actually is something to deal with. We are there is mm. a there is a clash in the culture about how one does react to these sorts of things. Now, I think there are there were cultures, and let's not romanticise them because there are probably also cultures where babies were eaten or something but there were cultures where a fluidity of gender was more easily expressed there were certainly some far eastern cultures where you know certain mystics would suddenly decide that they were going to be expressing the female part of their personalities and then they would outwardly become female that was just part of the religious milieu of that of that society and therefore it wasn't something to laugh at the problem is we we have been uncomfortably laughing at the grotesque, uh, uncomfortable humour of it for so long that to see someone do it with serious intent and it to look sometimes very similar, if not identical, I think it would be a a lie not to say that there is some conflict in how one reacts as a person. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm happy to say that we were, I I was certainly very much in the wrong in in my reaction before, but it was that. No, I don't think you were in the wrong. I think that's a repressive thing to say. I think to say it was wrong or right is, again, to be stupid and repressive. What you should say is um, that it was an honest reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Which which you you then need to be thoughtful about and how do you mediate that? No, I cannot, I'm sorry, listeners. I cannot deny that I find some transsexuals who don't do it very well and who do look like pantomime beings. My initial reaction is to find that a little bit odd and maybe even bordering on the absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm going to voice that or make them feel that or point at them or belittle them or do anything other than treat them with respect. But in my head, I'm still thinking, my God, you could have done a better job with a lipstick, dear. <laughs> and, and and unless I get some sort of lobotomy, I'm not going to stop thinking. Yeah, that. yeah uh, absolutely. And I can't. And it'll probably be worse to lie that I was completely open because no. So if it and as he said, you know, maybe it's just that we're not noticing all the very good ones. Could well absolutely. Also, yeah. there's the, the 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 other side of it, which is that when you notice a uh, a girl, a, a female 
oh gosh, how, the, getting the terminology of this correctness always ties me up in knots. Female to male? No, 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 just a straight, just a regular born cis female. Mm-hmm. Um, being female, bad, you know, looking ridiculous, putting awful makeup on. Well, yes. We I have can... the same reaction to that, don't you? So you go, yes. oh my goodness, look what a mess she is. There's no kind of, there's no, you don't go, and you don't go up to her and go, <laughs> you look well, awful. I think any, I think but any... you still nudge a person with you and go, oh my yeah, goodness, that's... look at her makeup. Yeah, but I think I feel the same thing about men who are acting ridiculously macho with you know with the equivalent of chains and the too many. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I was just giving a female uh, example. Anybody who, nudging think, the going. Oh my yeah. goodness! Look at that idiot guy with his hair and his. Yeah, I think anybody who partakes in the reductio ad absurdum of the stereotype of that gender is going to get a hmm reaction in my brain. Whether they were born like that or not uh, is almost irrelevant. So. Maybe I'm an equal opportunities, reductio ad absurdum, judgmental person. You're an equal opportunities bigot. Yes, I, 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 I judge anybody who's a little bit much. Is it? Are you bigoted if you hate everyone who's different from you? Oh yeah, yeah, you are. That's right. That's what bigoted is. <laughs> what if you hate everyone who's different from you, and also everyone who's the same as you? I think you're just misanthropic. You're just a misanthrope at that point, and I'm down with that. That's fine with me. Misan- as, uh, that's my rule. You can be a misanthrope or you can be egalitarian, but you just mustn't fall anywhere between the two. But again, I think it was. Wasn't it also a David Mitchell sketch? I'm not sure if it was or was a similar sketch. He said, "Oh no, to be to give him credit, it was actually Richard Herring." Oh yeah. Are you really saying that it's better to hate every single person in the world than to love most people in the world and just say hate the black ones or the Jews? Because effectively you're hating a lot fewer people, but you're saying it's better to hate more people (laughs) out of a principle. You know, imagine you just hated two people in the world who have this weird disease, but you loved everyone else. Would you prefer to say, rather than be bigoted, I'd prefer you just hated everybody. Is that that really what you're saying? (laughs) That was from uh, Hitler's moustache, wasn't it? Probably something like that, yeah, or, or, or his sermon, don't be, his sermon where he spent two hours telling people not to be racist. I th- oh, which one, yeah, which one was that? That was Hitler Moustache. That was Hitler Moustache, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. What's he up to these days? I have no idea. He's still, apparently his podcast is quite good, he interviews uh, comedians, so he's mm. kind of like the British Mark Moran uh, WTF podcast equivalent. No. Uh, no but no. I've never listened. Anyway, it's time to say goodbye. To it te- is. It's time to say goodbye to Television Centre. This, this is our last broadcast from BBC TV Centre. That's right. It's going to be sad. We're moving up to. Uh, Ron Doing's moving up to Manchester. Yeah, um, to Solihull. Well, it's 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 a, apparently it's a bit sad because Television Centre. Gregory again is really Gregory Centre podcast. He he got an internship at Television Centre. It was a very exciting place to work, and of course we've been there. We've, we've been. We, it's where we met there. the mighty Chris Morris. Exactly, and. I mean, apparently, at its in its heyday, it really was an amazingly magical place to work, and you know, you actually had them all doing the things that one should do to produce television. So they would actually build the sets there, and they oh, right. would have they would have the rehearsals there. And then John Burke came and privatized all those parts of the BBC. Mm-hmm. So set building was sold off to an external company, and they then rent the sets and that kind of thing. So a lot of the magic went, and it didn't become such a good television factory. But it was still apparently a, a unique establishment in the world and in the way it brought everything there and the design and all that was also quite interesting but uh, apparently none of that really matters anymore no it doesn't really matter so yes uh, up to Salford next week putting quality first (laughs) yes Uh, yes yes We're going to put quality second I think that's right Rumdings promises that we will always put quality second yes Okay, shall we say goodbye to our listeners? I think we should. And do and you can you can email us at podcast at rumdoings.com, you can tweet us at, at rumdoings, or you can even give us give us an iTunes review merely because, you know, it's what people do. And no, I want you to give an iTunes review because somebody gave us a one star review. What did they say? <gasps> I didn't uh, see it. I don't uh, have iTunes, so I haven't uh, and you can't we, look on their website because it's a secret. It's a secret, actually. Let, let me, just before we go, log in and tell you what they said about us. Because was... As you're doing that, I want to ask you a question I keep meaning to ask. When you're recording Rum Doings, do you watch Audacity and like it a bit when the bar that jumps across lines up neatly with the second marker? Um, no, what I do with Audacity is worse than that. I try to make my waveform look like a higher bypass turbofan jet engine uh, from the side. <laughs> is that what you do? Funnily enough, it's not. Really? I just like watching the jumpy bar when it lines up with the second marker, and I like it when it lines up, and I don't like it when it doesn't. Oh, well, that's odd. <laughs> it's a bit weird that you don't you don't make it look like a high bypass jet engine with the external and internal turbines. You're a bit <laughs> weird, then, aren't you? I'm a bit of an oddity. 
yeah, anyway, so yeah, so so if you want to hear the one star review. Yes. Okay, Smug Pedantry. This is by James Warrington. Smug Pedantry should be our, 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 um, our tagline, for sure. Self-centred, envelope-skepsis mm-hmm. from two balls. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's it. Actually, we should have two, we should have two um, subheadings. Because Smug Pedantry is his, and then somebody else's is shockingly pleasant. <laughs> smug, smug pedantry colon shockingly pleasant that probably <laughs> apparently I'm witty smart and cynical but you're empathetic silly and passionate that is true I am those things I def- definitely the title for this episode is going to be smug pedantry <laughs> yes there's no doubt about it I'm writing that before I forget smug pedantry okay well let's say goodbye enjoy America we'll, we'll record an episode while you're in America shall we sadly not because of the 8 hour time difference that makes it all lunatic Let's, I'll let's, be getting up just as you're done with your day and, and going to and, and going to bed just as you're getting up. Well, let's try it anyway. It, might, it may happen if I bully you enough. It's true, it may. Or, or you could kill yourself. Why would I do that? Cause oh, because you're bullying me, of yeah. course, yes. Okay. I do make a terrible woman, so... Yeah, you, oh, you, you're awful. Although apparently yeah. you're, you're very compassionate and empathetic. This is true. Apart from when I say great, big, horrible stupid things because i'm ignorant about particular subjects which is why i always like to i, I like to maintain the position that I, I like people i like the idea to be able to give people space to be wrong and then room to and grace to improve after that Aww. i ask for other people, no but i'm serious i ask for other people to do the same give me the give okay. me the space to be wrong and the grace to improve or just kill people who are rubbish yeah well, that's that's what I do. Okay. well i think we can all agree that we um we kill people who clap out of time I mean, there's no question about or that. Or laugh out of time. Or laugh wrong. Yeah, laughing wrong is actually one of the worst things in the world. It is. It is terrible. So don't Really? Do I'm not even being silly. I, laughing wrong annoys me more. It does spoil, it does spoil what should be... crimes. It, no, but it does spoil what should be one of the most sublime moments in life, enjoying something humorous, and then, and then it's yeah. spoiled. Even okay. watching a TV programme, there's that one, the, the person who, as far as I could... I like to think of her as the Ross Abbott woman. She was in every Ross Abbott TV show in the 80s going... <laughs> Bella Ember? No, it wasn't Bella herself. It was an audience member who seemed to be bust in every week. <laughs> oh, right, yes. To laugh out of time and over the top. <laughs> there are some comedy programmes where you, yeah, you watch Faulty Towers, there's somebody who just has a ridiculous <sighs> laugh in it. And there's also somebody who, in, um, in The League of Gentlemen, which you forget how to see. Oh, I know, you have to forget or you can't like it. And apparently... Um, and I remember listening to the director's commentary and said, oh, yeah, that r- ridiculous laugh. There was one of the floor manager's uh, nephews or something. And it's now <laughs> embedded in every time you watch that sketch. <laughs> something like that. Yes. We must say goodbye now. Podcast yes, we must. Goodbye. Bye bye.